Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, Legit Batters, we don't really do ads, but if you feel the need to support our dumb show, you can subscribe on Rockfin for all of our shows, plus bonus member shows, or on Patreon for audio versions. Oh my god, the sound so scripted, it's terrible. No, read it like that the whole time. No, I can't. Yes, do it. Okay, or click on the affiliate link in the notes to support <laughs> awesome companies. I don't know who wrote these notes. Oh, yeah, it's me. If you don't feel like s- sending bullshit fiat currency to us, just share the show with a friend. Or give us a rating or review. You know, standard podcast shit. Actually, that could be said without the radio voice. Oh. Well, maybe I'll put in a fart noise. <laughs> but we also accept sweet nothings in the form of DMs or emails. Seriously. That's actually more appreciated. We don't need your money. We just want loves. We don't need your money. It'd be cool. But, I mean, if you don't want to buy us a beer, that's fine. You can just uh, say, hey, you guys are awesome. Or say, you guys suck. Those are funny, too. No, it's like hanging out. When you go out and hang out with your friends at a show, just say you're at a concert, would you be more excited that they were there and that you got to spend time with them or if they bought you a beer? I guess it would depend on your alcohol dependency levels, but yeah, we don't have that. We are just no. excited to be hanging out with you guys. That's it. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show and uh, support however you fucking want. Thank you. I don't know shit about fuck. I love Leia. I like sucking. Ow! Legit fat podcast. Boner. baby welcome to the show i'm joe from the show jen's with me and we have mr ben balderson in tonight sorry i'm scratching my nose uh he's an alchemist so we're gonna go be going over that and hopefully at some point rose from pro triple seven will be popping in she it is unclear whether she'll come in or not but we'll we'll see so oh and also if you hear fart noises during the show it's actually not my soundboard this time i ate a nasty fucking burrito this morning and i have been epically farty all afternoon it's been great and jen's super excited too because she has to sleep next to me it's not weird though it's not new it's not really abnormal it's all good but yeah all right we'll bring mr ben in how's it going buddy hey guys hey (laughs) are you all uh fired up and ready to go for this 
You bet. You bet. I'm not as fired up as you are, apparently. For me, that's when uh, the wife makes me lentils. I don't eat out a lot, like, or ever. But if she makes lentils, oh, yeah, it's on. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Lentil farts. Oh, man, I'd never had them before in my life, and she made them for me right when we first started dating. She makes this, like, uh, barbecue. uh, She cooks the lentils in, like, a barbecue sauce, and it's almost like a barbecue. And uh, I'd never had them before, and uh, I I thought I was going to fucking levitate later that night, like, seriously (laughs) levitating. I'm like, wow, this is horrible. (laughs) Yeah. But it feels so good. Yeah. You get those bubble guts, you know, and it feels like pressure. And then it it's like letting a balloon's air out. It's like, oh, I feel it's so much better now. I feel lighter. Is isn't it weird how that how in the human body, anytime you're letting out pressure in any way, that pressure inside the body bothers us so much, whether it's a fart or peeing in the morning or or taking a dump or squeezing a yep. zit out, whatever it is. <laughs> That morning pee, I'm telling you, that is one of uh, God's gifts to to us is that morning pee because you wake up and it hurts almost and you're like, and you get in there and 10 minutes later you come out and you're like, I just peed like 68 ounces. That's crazy. How did I fit that in there? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And Rose probably won't show up. I think it's because I'm an unapologetic goyim is what we got uh, going on here. So she just refuses to show up on shows with me or be at shows with me. I hope you're listening, Rose. <laughs> I'm sure she'll, sure she'll watch later. So we had uh, the pleasure of meeting Mr. Balderson in the flesh. He actually came to our house and we hung out for a bit. Um, but for the people who have not got to meet you yet, uh, introduce yourself and what you do and your shows and all that jazz. I'm uh, Benjamin Balderson. I'm uh I live off grid, so I'm fairly well known for that. Um, I do lab alchemy and practice lab lab alchemy. Uh, I do a lot of different talks on on that. And then uh, I'm a heathen. So uh, I follow Odin and I do a lot of different talks on Odinism. Uh, I've been, I have a channel called Odin's Alchemy, uh, Benjamin Balderson's Odin's Alchemy on uh, YouTube or on Rockfin. Um, and, uh, been just about, uh, everywhere on most of the major shows, um, all over the place. Oh yeah. So uh, as a self-described alchemist, what is, what does alchemy mean to you? And I mean, I guess it means something different to everybody, but how do, how do, what does it mean to you and how do you practice it uh, personally? Yeah, that's that's an excellent question because today uh, alchemy is such a hot button word and people use it for just about anything. But just like uh, the scientific method is a process, so is alchemy. Um, And as an alchemist, what we're doing is we're taking apart whatever the prima materia is. And all that is, is the subject matter that you're working on, whether it's an apple, a piece of metal, an animal, whatever. What you're going to do is you're going to break that down into its finest, most component pieces. And then you're going to take out what you don't want or what you do want either way. And then you're going to put back together the certain pieces that are going to make a much more beneficial uh, concoction because uh, 
after you start practicing alchemy, you realize that like spagyrics is the easiest one to talk about. Uh, you can take a plant and eat it and you'll only get a very small medicinal value out of it, but you put it through the great work, which is performing alchemy on it. And, uh, we can go through that process. Um, but after you perform the great work on it, the efficacy of the what's left over, what would be called the stone of whatever plant you started out with it is insanely more uh, effective. So is it, it sounds kind of like homeopathy. Are there some uh, crossovers with that? Well, let's see. Homeopathy, that's the one where they take and they uh, put the right. Is that the one where they put the rocks in the water? I'm pretty sure. I, I'm not actually that. I need to get somebody on about that, but it's basically taking like a really small amount of an active ingredient, like a natural, like an essential oil or, you know, whatever your ailment yeah. is and, and taking a really small amount of it. And it, it's said that that actually helps more than taking a, a concentrated dose of it. So I'm not an expert on that, but it sounded kind of similar, but I guess alchemy would be a little more, uh, almost like natural science. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very natural science. It's uh, you're taking whatever the material is, and you're learning a whole lot about the material, and and then obviously you get to use that on the human body for different things, for different healings, um, and different medicinal uses. Uh, but not everything is for that. Um, but at the end of it, exactly right. You are you are taking nature. You're breaking it down and then bringing it back up to its epitome. So it's an extreme intensive study of nature. So, yeah, so we can get into some of the medicinal stuff, but before we do that, is there any other uses that you use alchemy for, like practical or um, anything besides something you'd be eating or like, you know, in the physical world, something you use alchemy for? Absolutely. Um, de depending on, you use it to work with metals for purifying metals um making different metal components like making ormus uh ormus you can eat but you also can use that uh for a whole bunch of different uses like you can use it in your uh in your plant material um that's real popular in australia where they take and mix ormus in with their uh, fertilizer and work with it with their plants um there's all kinds of different stories for uh taking and making gems and clarifying gems there's all kinds of different things uh not all of it's going to be just for inside of your inside of your uh, body and then uh at the end of it there's another thing that i speak on quite a bit it's the uh, biochemical universe and at the end of it that's uh the part of that includes the transmutation of, of uh, base metals into gold which is actually what alchemy is most well known for because people that really aren't particularly into it, they hear that you can turn lead into gold and then their eyes sparkle and everything's amazing. Um, so that's kind, of, uh, that's kind of the urban legend version of alchemy, right? The lead to gold thing. I think that's what, like you said, most people be familiar with. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you can, uh, transmute lead into gold. Um, and I, we can give an explanation of that uh, without a doubt. Um, it's really not as complicated as what uh, uh, people think at all. Um, but in saying that, do you get an equivalent weight 
of lead to gold? Does it like, uh, does this process uh, cost effective? Not in particular. I mean, um, so, I mean, while you're getting the gold out of the lead, uh, it's understanding that the, the gold is this valuable thing that was hidden inside the lead. It's that uh, diamond in the rough type thing. And you're extracting that out and letting that base material uh, fall away. Um, so it, it's no different than you can take uh, computer boards and you can take in all those things and melt them down and get little bits of gold out of it after you go through this entire uh, process. But is it uh, make a bunch of money? No. <laughs> Otherwise, everybody would do it. But uh, philosophically, it's that understanding of, having uh taken something base and fairly worthless and through a process made it into something pure but that includes uh uh parts of it falling away like the separation of wheat to, um, from ch or chaff from wheat you know you've got to separate that out to get to that nice little golden kernel so it's right. that understanding kind of like filtering um, it out so real quick before we go on with that, though, what was Ormus? You mentioned Ormus. What the fuck is that? Uh, okay, so there's a couple of different uh, explanations for uh, Ormus that are going around now. Um, the most classic is uh, uh, monoatomic gold. So it's gold that you've broken down into a monoatomic form, and then it turns into a you break it down into a white powder. So you're basically uh, getting the salt of the gold out and then uh, you eat that. Uh, and there's, it ties to a lot of legends like manna and things like that. And then you eat that. And then supposedly then you go in sun gaze and that's where the gold meets with the sun and you get that fusion inside, inside of you um, when you're doing that. Uh, but today, more more commonly it's a derivative of uh salt from different areas so like a lot of people like to use like the celtic sea salt or the black sea salt or some salt from some exotic area uh and what it is then is uh they're just taking in uh putting it through an electrolysis process which will um uh, break things down into their monotomic state. Um, and then, uh, but when you do it like that, it's all kinds of different things. So it's like orbitally rearranged monoatomic elements. So then it's, uh, so some people are taking that. And then again, more classically thought of it's, it's gold. So like even uh, biblically, uh, Moses came down uh, from the mountain with the 15 commandments. No, I'm just kidding. Um, history of the world. Gotta love it. Uh, he came down with the 10 commandments and uh, found the, the Hebrews uh, dancing around a golden calf, worshiping this golden calf. So he takes and he breaks this calf down with fire, which is alchemist fire, and turns it into a white powder and then makes them eat the white powder. <laughs> Weird. And that's not going to hurt you, like in theory? No, no. And uh, what it's supposed to do is, is then, like I said, you're supposed to go sun gaze and it uh, creates that fusion inside of you. 
But at the end of the day, it's no different than in a monoatomic uh, form. Metals don't really uh, become harmful. So like uh, even silver, like people take a lot of silver and they talk about silver poisoning, but that's because it's in its colloidal state. So colloidal is about 30 parts per million. And at 30 parts per million, it's able to still bind things and bind together. And that's part of the advantage of the colloidal state is because when you put that on something like an infection, it binds those things that are causing a problem. And that's how it's working as like, you know, an antibacterial and stuff because it's binding those things. But in a body that's not got problems, when you take too much of it, eventually it causes your body problems too. And that colloidal will bind together and you end up getting silver toxicity. But when it's in its monoatomic state, um, as opposed to 30 parts per million, it doesn't do that. So it, it's processes really easily. I guess that's like anything too much of anything or too much of anything is a bad thing. So, yeah. So yeah, what's some absolutely. stuff uh, you do around your house, like on the daily, like stuff you use that you make yourself through your alchemical process or something that the listeners could try at home themselves. Some little like, yeah, I know you have a lab and shit, so don't go too crazy yeah, out there, yeah. people. But something that we could do with like, you know, normal household ingredients that we could use in that way. Absolutely. A real nice one today is, is uh, horsetail because there's so many problems with uh, uh, heavy metal toxicity in the world today. A um, lot of heavy metal toxicity, especially with aluminum. And horsetail is the most uh, <clears throat> the most silica bearing bearing plant in the world. And silica helps you process and chelate those heavy metals and get them busted up and out of your system. So that one's a real nice one to make like a tincture, make make like the stone of. Um, now, so I, as far as shade tree alchemy it goes, the easiest way to do this an easy way at home is going to be you take and go get some horsetail or lavender or whatever plant that you want and you go ahead and you get yourself some preferably everclear now we're we're in california uh all three of us so everclear isn't necessarily available so you use the purest alcohol that you can use um now part of you now the reason that you want this purity is is the alcohols are acting as a solvent. And what that's going to do is dissolve the oil and, and make a, a mild bond with the oil that's really easily broken. And so it's going to pull that oil out of the plant material. Um, and the more pure the alcohol is, the more solvent it is. The, more, uh, the less pure it is, that means it's already got oil in it. Um, and that's part of what's going to give it its flavoring for whatever different kind of alcohol that you have. Uh, but, uh, and then it's going to have water in it. Um, so you want it to have as much solvency as possible. Um, Everclear, obviously, being about as pure as you're going to normally get. Um, and this is just, again, as simple at home as possible. And then you take and you let that sit around uh, for a couple weeks uh, give it a shake up. You take and grind your plant material up, put it in, in with the Everclear in like a mason jar, um, let it sit around for a few weeks. And then 
you go ahead and get a simple uh, copper still. Uh, you can get ones that just sit on top of your stove top. You can make them out of uh, out of a copper teapot. The only thing it still has going on <coughs> is you're going to have your uh, your mixture in there, and you're going to put a mild heat to it. And what that mild heat's going to do is it's going to take in these components, depending on how volatile they are, are going to start coming out and coming out by according to their volatility. So the thing that's the most easy and uh, most volatile is going to be your methyl alcohol. And that's what your uh, old moonshiners used to, you know, when they'd knock the head off, they'd call that the head and then they'd throw that off to the side and that'll make you go blind. Um, that's good to know. So yeah. Yeah. Not great stuff. Uh, so uh, that's your methyl alcohol. And then then your ethyl alcohol will start rolling off and uh, you're going to go ahead and uh, let that roll off. And then uh, you're going to get the oil is going to start going off when you do. And each time you're going to want to crank the heat up just a hair. I myself have a, a and you're probably going to want to double boil this and make it to make it nice and even, which we can all do a double boil. You just put it in a pot in a pot. Um, I have a heat mantle so I can turn my temperature up by by a degree and another degree until I get to action because the that's where your best purity is going to be. Whatever stripping off first is always going to be the most fine and it's it's going to just kind of get uglier as it goes. So after you've gotten all the alcohol worked off, then uh, you're going to start getting your oil off and you're going to go ahead and... Uh, distill out your oil and uh, myself personally now a lot of people will take the alcohol and use that <clears throat> in a tincture i don't um i use usually like a butter or something as a carrier oil if i'm going to use a carrier uh but because uh, typically if the cell's already under attack it's it, it's already uh the cell structure is already damaged um but anyways, you're going to distill off the, the oil and then you're going to keep that. Now you're going to take that plant material that you had strained all this uh, alcohol oil mixture out of. And you're going to go ahead and throw that in an old cast iron pot. And throw that on top of, preferably you're going to do this outside because it's going to throw a whole lot of smoke. Um, but, you know, if you want to do it on your stove, whatever, it's on you. Uh and you're going to take and you're going to start burning that down. You're going to burn that down and grind it up, mix it up, grind it up, and keep burning it, burning it. Well, the first thing it's going to do is it's going to turn black. And a lot of people uh, in alchemy are going to be aware of, you know, at least that are studied a little bit, the blackening. And this is the stage that that's happening, the blackening where the carbon The nigrado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigrado, exactly. And that's the carbon coming out. That's the earth level stuff uh, that's coming out. And that earth level stuff is going to rise to the surface and then it's going to eventually vaporize off. Um, and you're going to keep working at it and working at it. And that Nigrado is a beast because every time you think that you got this done, you stir that pile up and it's just black again. You're like, how is that even possible? 
I don't, I don't even understand. And it, it takes so long. You guys, it takes so long. Sorry. They talked back to you too. Do you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's Brian's dog. He's he's got to throw in his two cents too. Um, <laughs> but uh, the this blackening continues on until you get this down to a white pout, chalk like powder. And then you're gonna take and you're gonna mix that powder with distilled water. Uh, distilled water, because in this case, the water is acting as the solvent. So it's the same speech that I just gave about alcohol, because solvents all work basically the same. The more pure the solvent is, the more solvency it has. Um, and then also there's the secondary factor that uh, with both alcohol and the distilled water, that if it already has things in it, like salts, then those salts are contaminating your uh, experiment and your alchemy so now whatever salts were in the water is in your medicinal product and who knows what that is um so you're going to mix distilled water with this ash and then you're going to strain it through some coffee filters just plain old brown coffee filters um and you're going to keep doing that over and over again until it gets to nice clear water and when you get to the nice clear water, which is going to take quite a few times and you're going to burn through quite a few coffee filters, uh, then that water, you're going to let that evaporate off and that's going to let the salts form back up. And you're going to have a little pile of salt in the bottom of that that you can scrape up and you're going to take the salt and the oil and you're going to put them back together and you're going to put them in a sealed uh, jar and boil that and uh not a hard boil real like like I'm, I'm talking about double boil not like boil like temperature like double boil it so put it in water don't just put it on direct heat um and you're gonna want to put that to a mild heat enough to make the oil uh start having movement and action and then uh you're gonna let that sit and this is called the alchemical marriage <laughs> Really? Asa! Asa. <laughs> Enough! Um, <laughs> you tell him, Dad. Yeah. Asa uh, is a good girl. <laughs> uh, oh, she was being honored with the puppy. Uh, but uh, this is the alchemical marriage state. And eventually what's going to happen is, is uh, these two things are going to merge, your salt and your oil. And uh, when you take it away from heat at that point, it should all form together into a, a fairly hard uh, substance that's also kind of waxy. So in any heat applied to it, it's just going to immediately go back to a liquid state. Um, and this is a basic uh, uh, medicine for just about anything, depending on whether it's dandelions um, horsetail is a great one, like I said, and this is just going to make any plant that you take in a medicinal fashion, uh, much more effective. Uh, now half yeah, that process. Kind of like concentrating it down, right? Just like you said earlier, right. just kind of breaking it down to the base and then building it back up so that it's, there's more of it instead of just eating some of the salts or whatever. Exactly. 
Well, and then the, the thing is, is hey, you, you start gaining an understanding. Okay. And part of what's going on in the world today and why so much plant medicine isn't working is if you don't just eat the raw plant, the other thing people jump to is the essential oils. And the essential oils was that first thing that we did where we removed the alcohol and the oil and pulled the oil out and then got the oil and everything. Um, well, the oil's job is to open up the salt. And so the salt is where you're getting your structure and where you're getting your, your power from. And so the oil opens up the salt. Um, now, one of the things I like using as an example to show this is, is cannabis. Um, where most people realize cannabis has three different levels of oil. And this applies to all plants. Um, the first level of oil is going to be your terpenes. And your terpenes is what's going to provide your flavor and your smell. Now, as soon as those things happen, you, you smell something or you taste something, what happens? Like with food or with cannabis, if you're a, if you're a cannabis user, um, your mouth starts watering, your, your stomach starts gurgling, you start producing bile. You're like, man, I want some of that. Like you didn't really want some before, but now I really fucking want some now that I've smelled them terpenes. Um, and so it's opening up pathways. That's what the oil is doing. So that was the first level, most volatile level of oil burning off and you were accessing it and it's opening up these pathways. Well, those pathways want to be filled with the salt, with the structuring. And so when you're just doing the essential oils, um, you're only opening up these pathways, which sometimes can have benefits. Uh, but in general, you're not trying to do that. You're trying to fill the pathways. So uh, just like you guys were talking about earlier with orange juice. Now this for uh, if you take mushrooms rather than uh, cannabis this activates all of your uh, your uh, receptors helps you process mushrooms for cannabis it's uh frankincense and myrrh if you take in frankincense and myrrh your cannabinoid receptors come online and then the the terpenes uh open up all those pathways and then something needs to fill that once the pathways open, it needs to be filled. You don't want those receptors just coming online and not doing anything. Uh, you know, imagine nerves that are just like sitting there just ready to be uh, touched, just super, super sensitive. That's not a good thing. Uh, so so would, you, would you do the frankincense and all that before you smoke weed or after? Yeah, or like yeah before. Okay. Before. That way you get them receptors going and get everything opened up. And then once it's opened up, now it's, now it's fun time. Now it's so when you put the medicine. Cannabis yeah. foreplay. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. exactly. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, make it slippery grease before you wheels. get it in there. Now. <laughs> yeah. Grease the wheels. <laughs> that, that whole so, process you just described from the, the alcohol all the way down to the salts and all that stuff. That seems like quite the fucking process. I know for you, it probably would go a lot quicker because you know what you're doing and you have all the equipment. But how long is this process for the average person with uh, a fucking pot in their kitchen? It's supposed to take 40 days uh, front to back. Oh, right. So, it's got to sit. Okay. Yeah. And so and then 
there, there's, there's keys to that. Like when you look at all these different occult stories, um, that number 40 is, is a completion number. It's, it's a cycle number. Uh, so it's supposed to take 40 days to complete. Now people do it much less than that. And especially with different equipment and different solvents at this point, you know, that's, you could do things in, in hours as opposed to, well, the Nigrado, you'd need one hell of a furnace to get that to burn down in hours. But, uh, you can literally do things in hours as compared, compared to that. It literally probably took a month back in the day. Damn. And if, especially if you were doing doing it the real old school way where I was just, that was just a shade tree. If you were doing it the real old school way where you were fermenting out the plant material and then you, removing the oil from the fermented uh, alcohol mixture that's wild and natural from the plant. And then possibly even from extracting out that alcohol and using that to pull more oil but everything derivative from the plant in and of itself, because inside of everything is the seeds to its own destruction. And I know like everybody likes to uh, uh, throw that around. Like the evil side always eats itself. So is the good side, like the seeds to everything, the, the seeds mm-hmm. to everything's destruction is inside of itself. Uh, and it, it's a very interesting thing. Like you even just take a basic experiment called the Archaeus of water where you take and you ferment water, you can just go outside, catch rainwater, put it through the basic fermentation process. You know, you're just putting it in a, in a, in a warm, uh, dark place and letting it ferment out. Uh, when that happens, a biome will appear inside that water. Now I know in uh, the truth community, it's real popular. There's some people that have done that and then found, they're like, oh my God, there's these creatures in there. They're more gallons. They're like uh, falling from the sky and they're in the clouds. No, that, that, that's always been like that. It's called the Archaeus of water. And so a biome will, will appear just like inside of the plant material. And then that will start eating away at the life inside of that and eating off of it. And then different life will eat off of that life that'll appear that appeared until everything gets used up and that water just turns dead and stagnant. Um, but it's an absolutely fascinating thing to to watch. Yeah, and you've had uh, much more practice than probably anybody I know and anyone listening, unless, um, correct me if I'm wrong, if there's somebody out here who's actually gone through that whole process. So that's just one alchemical process, though. And, it, oh, I, I did want to ask before we move on, though, the horsetail. I think we just saw those. We went on a walk up in Mount Shasta, and I had no idea. They're yep. the, the little reed-looking things, right? Yep, with the with the little spike with the little spiky uh, things yeah. at the end, yeah, reeds with like a brush on it or something. Yep, that's where. Yeah. Still. So what do you, what do you use uh, the whole thing? You just use the whole fucking thing, or do you cut off the yep. spiky part or what? Yep, that whole top part, that whole flowering part. Interesting. You betcha. Yep, and that's so and you can just eat that. They actually call that uh, freshwater asparagus. Is it the does kind of have an asparagus look. Like, yeah. yeah. So do you have to make yeah. it when you make it if, to boil it all down and pull it apart? Do you have to do it in small amounts or can you do a whole bunch at once? Does it matter? I was wondering that uh, too because it's so long. No, I do. Like buckets of it. Yeah, I do like 10 pounds at a time at this point. Um, awesome. But you can do you can do half a, half an ounce if you want. 
but yeah, it's at this point, especially with some of the things that we do, like, you know, uh, when I make my gut bomb, my gut bomb's gone. Like in two days when I make my gut bomb and I announce people that I've made it, it's like two days later, it's gone. So I just have to keep making bigger and bigger and bigger batches. I think I got like six carboys now, five gallon, like 30 gallons at a time I'm making. I ate a gut bomb this morning. <laughs> Yours is way different, but what's in your gut bomb? Uh, so my gut bomb, you guys ever heard of uh, John Brisson or ever talked to John Brisson? I don't uh, he's think the so. author of Fix Your Gut and uh, host of We Read the Documents. Um, he does he does some different research and things. Um, huh. Anyways, I called him because he he does uh, he's a nutritionist and he has I said we fit uh, the Fix Your Gut. Um, and it's a it's a combination that's supposed to uh, be a balance between all your different immune systems to try and bring them online. So uh, it's got garlic, uh, ginger, turmeric, um, onion, and then it's got uh, stinging nettle, uh, lemon. Uh, it's all done in an apple cider uh, vinegar. Um, that sounds delicious. <laughs> gut bomb? Yeah. You, oh, yeah. You should gut bomb. Yeah, actually, uh, Steve Mercer, um, the Freeman Flies uh, producer, uh, and uh, Robert Phoenix's producer, he calls it Benegret and puts it on salads. Um, <laughs> and, and it's uh, it's double fermented with raw honey, uh, and then elderberries. Yeah, elderberry. That was the one. Nice. So it's, what's the point of that? I'm assuming it's not just to make you poop. It's, is it like rebalancing the the whole biome? Yep, it's rebalancing everything. It's engaging all of your different uh, uh, immune systems, rebalancing your system. It'll clear out all the crap. Uh, really, really good stuff. Huh. But uh, I'll bring you guys over some. It's it's it definitely uh, it definitely cleans the gut out. That's we call it gut bomb for a reason. But yeah, you uh, so something you, drink you have to that, plan you for it. You have to plan a day. You take a day you know, off. You like don't plan on going to work that day, stay near a toilet, that kind of thing. Well, usually, I'll drink it at night and the next morning you'll you'll everything that was wrong with you kind of dumps right out the ass end and you're, you're like, oh, I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough, I feel you. Right? Uh, we did one thing. Uh, one of our friends said uh, one easy detox was to just drink salt water, like a quart to a teaspoon of salt and like good like Celtic sea salt or whatever. And you just swig that mm -hmm. as quick as you can. And then in like a half hour to an hour, however long it takes you, you just, everything just comes out. I don't think I drank enough of it because I tried it and it, uh, I felt very full and I definitely had a weird poop later, but it wasn't anything crazy. But then we had another friend, a listener that said that he, he put a shitload of salt in and he put too much salt and not enough water. So it was yeah. highly concentrated. So and he felt he like his shit. out for a six hours. And he's like, yeah, like a half hour later, I shit something from Thanksgiving. I'm like, well, that's what I was looking for is that. But yeah, so is that extreme uh, you, could, you, could, you could narrow that down to just magnesium. To just magnesium instead of uh, it's yeah, magnesium. Um, that's what we do so we make a smoothie every day and we just put tons and tons of magnesium in it and it just pushes everything right out 
Yeah. Get a nice morning yeah. poo. The mechanism really does it. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and if you're in a real hurt, like uh, what Joe was talking about, you just drink down some Epsom salts. Um, and then, yeah. It, and it, uh, it'll flood your uh, intestinal system with the uh, water. And yeah, it'll clear everything out bigger than shit. <laughs> well, then after that, I was, I was like, there's gotta be a better way. So I was like, we were listening to one of Crow's newest episodes, maybe the newest one. And it's about the, the green coffee enema. And I yeah. am not about that, but then I listened to the whole two hours. And I'm like, I have to go get a hose and some green coffee. Cause I think that sounds amazing. I drink a lot. So I probably need I to flush my liver. Try it. <laughs> green coffee enema. Oh, I need to listen to that then. So yeah, literally, do you just make a pot of coffee and just dump her on in? You know. So it has to be her specific coffee, or at least a good good coffee, because regular coffee is super toxic for you. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I understand. I understand. We get uh, over over here. We got uh, we got paraplegic coffee, so we don't we don't piss around with the uh, nasty coffee. We get the uh, paraplegic coffee, and then he's got one that's uh, uh, anaerobic, double fermented. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Because then it takes all the acidity out of it. It was like just raw green coffee ground up or something, wasn't it? I I don't know. I. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. No, the there was too much. Yeah, it was so much. I have to go back and listen to it again. I just know I'll probably order her a starter kit and start putting them a coffee in my butt and see what happens. <laughs> I'll report back to everybody. Be sure. You know, I will. She did say it's. Well, I, I don't know. Amanda Volmer really is all about the coffee enemas. Um, she goes on and on about that. Um, and I can tell you what I did. A, I did a, a chunk of time in prison. And when you're in prison, uh, in South Dakota anyways, they basically see how much starch they can shove down you all at once. Like you sit down to a meal and it's uh, potatoes with bread with uh, some kind of a pasta. You're like, oh, you want me to shit this out in 20 years, huh? Like, <laughs> you know, um, there, it's just horrifying. Yeah. So I didn't, I'm actually, I don't drink coffee. I have seizures. Uh, if I take any kind of an upper like that, um, even a fairly mild one, like coffee will really, uh, throw my seizure threshold. And, uh, but when I was in prison, you can't, you can't go to the bathroom without some kind of a severe help. And so it was this weird balancing act in the morning. I had to drink just enough coffee really bad coffee and i tell you what one one cup of, of uh, bad prison coffee and you bet you're racing for the bathroom just out of the way <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when i worked in restaurants i i'm never constipated but i i took some nexium for my heartburn and it plugged me the fuck up for some reason and i just remember one of my co-workers walking around going you need a warm coffee enema and i was like you're out of your fucking mind dude i mean it's restaurant workers you know so i was like you're okay right. whatever prison guy but then i find out you know 15 years later oh okay that's actually a, a thing people do all right well babe you ready to do this yeah <laughs> i'll help well, you out Especially if you're a meat eater. Oh boy, can you imagine that? I, I don't even want to go there. Oof, to, that's professionals should be involved in this. <laughs> like oh, you, I, this I'm is something you should get paid for. <laughs> but, 
it, but you know, if you're, especially if you're a meat eater, your body has a hard time processing uh, any kind of a meat. You end up developing this plaque type substance on the insides of your intestines. And that's part of why that Atkins diet, you end up losing so much weight because you actually aren't processing anything. Uh, and so you can eat all that meat. It's just kind of going through. And then you end up with that big rock hard round stomach and none of the rest of you is really fat at all. And, uh, that coffee enema is really supposed to help that plaque buildup that people get on their intestines that stops, uh, nutrients from flow from passing through. That's really supposed yeah. to help break that up and really clean it out from what I've heard. I can't say that I've ever personally done it. Uh, Amanda also uh, recommends drinking urine, and I've only done that once, and that was totally by accident, which yeah, don't drink. What, 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 no, I'm sorry. How do you accidentally drink pee? Please elaborate. <laughs> do tell. Well, because you, you take a road trip across the entire country, and and you have so many days to get there, and you're drinking nothing but orange juice. This is hypothetical. <laughs> And you're drinking nothing but orange juice, and and then you know you don't want to stop every time you got to piss. You're you're a guy, you know, so you just piss in one of these empty orange juice jugs, and then it turns out that when you drink enough orange juice, your orange just kind of your piss just kind of starts looking like orange juice, and then you know. Yeah, you know, and you forget to throw one out and you reach down for your drink, and one of them it just wasn't quite your drink. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I've never almost drank piss. I've almost drank a uh, spit cup that's mm. in, in, or a beer. Yeah. You know, people spit into and it, it was up to my mouth before I realized what it was. I didn't drink it, but I was like, Ugh, and I probably barfed anyway. Uh, Rose just showed up. <laughs> How's it going? Hi, Helen. Great to see you guys. I'm so sorry for being terribly late. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> I know, but can you hear me? What you guys didn't see is that I rubbed some pennies together next to the computer, and that's when she showed up. I started, I just remembered how to call her. (laughs) Am I the first Jew producer grabbler to be on the Jipat podcast? Probably that I know of. (laughs) Describe the title. Well, yes, we'll say you're the first one. Okay, great. Love it. I love it. Yeah, we were talking about water in our butt or coffee enemas and, uh, rubbing pennies together to summon rose and so accidentally how, drinking up? drinking pee yeah what's up with you hey that's so crazy because that's why i am late i would have only been 20 minutes late but i was we were at the club where we work eat and work out and i was like okay i'm just going to go into the hot tub uh for 10 minutes and then get back here right on time for it to be 20 minutes late but the hot tub for some reason was cold today. And so I had to go into the steam room in order to recover to like, you know, put my clothes back on. I didn't plan to be cold. And so while I was in there, I start acting like such a know-it-all with this girl, telling her about the Gerson method and coffee enemas. And I'm not really letting her get a word in edgewise because I just want to give my pitch and get the fuck out of there to talk to you. And guess what? Her mom survived stage three cancer with the Gerson method and coffee enemas. She does coffee enemas every day. She's all about juicing. She doesn't use the right juicer though. So I had to educate her on that and break the news to her that if she really wants to do what her mom did, she has to get the really expensive pure juicer, which is the only juicer juicer. left. 
it's it's not just Use any masticating, masticating juicer. It's Gerson approved. Now, check this out. Because of all the poppycock that occurred the past two years, there were two competing companies for the Gerson appro approved. Pure and the first one called the Norwalk Company. And it went out of business for after 80 years of being in business. It is so sad, really high quality. So now your only real option is the pure. Now that's not to say that if you can't afford it, that using any other kind of masticating juicer isn't great. It's just that th it's a very specific and strict method in order to provoke that insane healing process. For example, the woman who she was in a car accident and her face went through the windshield, she looked like Freddy Krueger. But by following the Gerson protocol, I honestly uh, believe that this person has better skin than I do. You know what I mean? Like you would never know that she had scars on her face. And I haven't done the coffee enema yet because I'm a paraplegic. And Amanda Vollmer said that my butthole can't hold it. And Crow agrees. But you have somebody I hold it for you, like squeeze it or something. Well, I was thinking, well, a rinse can't be too you bad. Like at least I can try and just, bag, like, just do a right? rinse. Huh? You don't have a colostomy bag, though, right? No, 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 no. But, well, I mean, this is really but good. You have, some kind of a, you have some kind of control, at least. This like, is, you choose okay. when you're pooping, right? So, so, so when you're a paraplegic, you put yourself on a program where you just train your body to go at the same time every day. And I have been doing that for uh, the past 15 years. And they really do tell you this is the only way they fear porn you into thinking that you're gonna shit yourself if you don't train your body and that you use something called a magic bullet, uh, which is like the best suppository out there. And so after all these years, I was speaking with Andy Kaufman in March of 2020 when I decided to quit Xanax cold turkey. Doctors told me that I might die if I tried to get off benzos. And Andy said, you could just stop because what was happening was I moved to Louisiana. They wouldn't give me as much as they were in California. So I would run out early. So he's like, you're already putting yourself in a perpetual state of withdrawal and killing yourself every month. By so you could just stop. And it blew my mind. The next thing he recommended to me was to eat cow brain, which I will not be doing. And then he said it would be great if you could poop two times a day, which was another mind blower. I'm like, that's, you don't know what you're talking about, Kaufman. I'm a paraplegic. You don't understand spinal cord injury. That's a terrible idea. But the more that I've been trying to take all these supplements and be healthy, I've been trying to trust in my body. And I actually think it's kind of a hoax. I was telling this to Jason in the, in the car that uh, I don't have to be afraid. You know, like I, every time I, like a normal, I remember what it was like to be normal. Sometimes when you go to pee, you're like, oh, I have to poop a little bit too, right? <laughs> so it's like, I remember that being a thing. And so like, this is what Ben wanted me to explain, which is, I can't believe you're bringing this up in public, Ben, but it's educational. It's People wonder about late. these things. Yeah, it's what I get for being late. So You're on legit bat. Anything goes. Like, we talk seriously. about poop a lot. Okay, cool. Well, no. I, that's, okay. Yes, of course. It's all for so, information. So, okay. When you're paralyzed, you have something called a neurogenic bladder where it's just flaccid. And you can't control it. You don't know when you have to pee. And then obviously, if it gets really, really, really full, either you're the kind of paraplegic where it's seriously not going to come out. It's going to go back into your kidneys and you can die or you're going to pee your pants. Right. So in the beginning, I was you, you have to you have to stick it. You use a catheter to pee intermittently, like every two hours and you start training your body, stress spread it out more and more and more.
and I was pretty lazy about it. Uh, I had gained a little bit of weight. I was a water polo player and a boxing instructor. And then so after being in a hospital bed for a little bit of time and then putting me on prednisone, which is a corticosteroid, I gained some weight. Um, but so, so it was really hard to get up out of bed, especially just learning how to bounce because you feel like you're on a magic carpet and you don't even know where when you're spinal shock, you don't really even feel like you know where your butt is, you know? So yeah. I got a supra pubic catheter and I don't have it anymore. This is just the journey. The supra pubic catheter, I don't recommend. It's where they create a brand new hole out of your pubis. Like if you're wearing a bikini, it's where the, the V is. And then the catheter comes out of that and then into a leg bag on your piece. So I was always wearing pants, baggy pants. I remember like I went on a date and the guy like brushed his hand against my leg and he's like, what is that? And I was like, nothing. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'm never dating again. You know? So then, <laughs> so then I uh, was Jeez. working in the corporate world. I was moving up the ladder. I was making a lot of money and like, you know, working 40 hours a week. And I was at my desk and I realized, oh my gosh, am I leaking? Like, and my super pubic catheter just wasn't working properly anymore. Like it was getting clogged with sediment. So this is what I did, which I'm like a Frankenstein. I went down to USC and they took, this is an experiment at the time, but now it's all the rage. Uh, they took 23 centimeters of my intestines, took it out, put it on a little plastic plate, and made an incision so that it became this rectangular flap. And then they took my neurogenic bladder and they sliced that open and created a superhuman, basically cyborg man-made bladder that's five times the size as all three of you. So I'm the lucky one now. And so I just intermittent catheterize every five hours. I just get on the toilet and just burp, burp, go and I'm done. So. What, what can that thing haul around? Are you talking like an 18 pack, a 30 pack? Like what, what can you fit in there? Have you tested it? What can it? I fit in my bladder? I could chug. Yeah. I could just keep chugging coffee and tea. <laughs> I could keep chugging and coffee and tea forever and, and just wait that amount of time. Now, here's an interesting thing that I haven't yet figured out. And I would love to have some able-bodied people join an experiment and inform me. They're from Costco. There's this drink called Premier Protein. It has like 30 grams of protein, one gram of sugar. And at the time I was like, oh, this is so good. And now I'm sure the ingredients are all poison. But that concentrated amount of protein, I figured this out in 2014. If I drink that, I will totally pee my pants after four hours. There's nothing I can do. And if I am out and about singing karaoke, I used to be a four night a week karaoke. I would, if one Long Island iced tea, as soon as I'm done with the Long Island iced tea, just to be safe, I pee right away because that it feels like a great oil change. It's always a very strong, healthy looking stream, very loud. I feel very proud of myself. So that's the joy. Yeah, because it's working all the Stripping all of the all the fluids out of you. That is like so much alcohol. Long Island iced tea. It's like that's just like Everclear with some flavor. But like, you know, so I have a high tolerance, alcohol. and I I don't drink to enjoy it. I don't like the taste. Long Island is the only thing that doesn't taste bad to me. I drink to get drunk, and I wish that I didn't have to drink. I wish that there could be a pill that I could take to get drunk. That would be way more convenient for me. 
Yeah, especially. <laughs> so you started out though with the Gerson method, and we did a show on that a couple months ago, but we didn't really go deep into the Gerson thing. Tell us all you know about that. All this piss talk. I have to go pee now. It's been an hour. It's way past my pee time. So <laughs> I'm curious. Back. You know, Rose apparently has a lowdown on whether you just like put a hose up to your Folgers machine and jam that in, is, or, or what, what, what well, exactly do you use, Rose? I would love to. Just tell you, not from the Rose Triple Seven perspective, but from the Amanda Vollmer perspective, I have here the privilege of her 2018 coffee enema document. Would you like me to explain it for yes. you from here? Just what type of coffee? We want to know what, what kind of coffee? of coffee you put in your ass. Well, as long as it's organic, Ben, you can use any coffee. But the idea with the episode we just released that you totally have to listen to, um, the best coffee is the green coffee. So this is this relates to the Gerson method. This is why Marion Gentry is Gerson certified. And you can she can answer any questions you have about the Gerson method if you contact her through her website. And she does do consultations. So the idea with the Gerson method is that your body has the ability to heal itself. And the only thing getting in the way of that is all of these pollutants and toxins and free radicals in our body. And like things like tumors or people like, um, like a lot of people in my family, we have like the tire around our stomach, like we gain weight in our tummies. Like that's your body like responding and protecting you from all the crap and toxins that you have in your body. So the idea is you put, you, you, you do that, you get this liver dump by overloading your liver and colon with caffeine. It's so much better and different than drinking it. You can't get this effect from drinking it. And when it's clean and you're in a constant state of feeding yourself life force energy, and with the Gerson method, it's in the form of lettuce, a very specific lettuces, carrots, and apples. Now, today, they've kind of, in some people's opinions, changed it. And Max and Charlotte Gerson would not condone the changes one of those changes would be the introduction of black beans and it makes sense to me because when i was talking to david avocado wolf and he was coming to my house i bought all of these amazing ingredients to make hummus together and then christina robina his wife when i was when they were on her way she was like david does not eat hummus and i was like no i thought it was being so cool and so i think because it has something it's to seed, do with beans. because it's seed like Maybe, yeah, because a lot of people who want to heal their guts, they have a thing against seeds. Um, and so maybe yeah. the best way to have seeds is like black cumin oil when you get the essence of it, right, Ben? Would you agree with that? Black cumin seed oil is healthier for your gut than eating seeds and having it like scratch oh, up against so, I mean, your I'm just wondering where, where I'm just wondering where he's going with it because like there's an entire thought process. So like, like the fruitinarian, like the ancient Greek, style of uh, mm -hmm. uh instead of vegetarian where it's a fruitarian yeah like, the like idea robert behind, behind, yeah but the idea robert behind Morse. that is that you do not interrupt life cycle mm -hmm. so you're not eating the seeds you're not eating the plant in and of itself but the the husk the the fruit of the plant that was containing the seeds which you go and replant the seeds anyways. So you're not in any way uh, stopping the life cycle where when you eat the seeds, you're, you're predating basically on the babies of, you know, the plants. Mm -hmm. um, um, 
so that's what the whole fruitarian type mindset is. You're not going to eat the green. You're not going to eat the the seed part, which beans are a seed. Yeah, and that makes so sense. Yeah, I'm with you. Or anything like that. That that is congruent. That makes complete sense to me. So I would I would hypothesize that what you just described is the reason. So back to understanding not just not just getting. Yep. See, here's here's why it's so difficult. Like. Imagine you have cancer right now and you feel like crap. Nobody could follow the Gerson method on their own. Like you need someone to be your juicing soldier because you have to buy the organic ingredients for every freaking ingestion. And then you have to make the juice and then you have to clean the machine afterwards. It's like a full-time job. So then the point is, is that right when you make the juice, you got to drink it right away because you want to, because you're not breaking down and killing the cells by the slow, cold, nasty in a centrifugal juicer you're killing the cells you're killing the life force energy so back to the coffee enemas that is why the green coffee is better than any other organic coffee which is still good but it's closer to the essence of the plant life and that's the same logic that the whole gerson method is following um and i don't know if you still want me to read amanda's document about uh her about the method Ben because she goes into detail about how not only you do it but how you can do it and make it kind of a relaxing beautiful lovely experience that what, won't make won't leave you feeling with shame and guilt <laughs> I, I don't want to know all that I wanted the shame and the guilt in there I I mean I just wanted it to be like just dirty like you know like two people with like twin dildos like looking like hooked onto like a teapot and they're like and when that fucker goes off, you know, like I'm a little teapot short. <laughs> I wanted it to just be weird. <laughs> okay, but we why don't we do that? Why don't you do your first coffee enema and then we can come up with like a heavy metal? No, we're uh, gonna do the coffee enema. This wasn't me. <laughs> part, oh no, well, I'm just suggesting it because I love you and you're my brother and I want you to live long. You have so much to offer to the world. It's actually a moral obligation for you to put coffee in your ass at this point because we need to transform you into a Are healing device. Are you calling me toxic? I was just saying that you're a healing device. <laughs> but I just want you to be, reach your full potential. You know, you, you, right now, if you're not putting coffee on up your butt, you're still the fool. And I want if, you to get I'm that philosopher's stone. It's going to be Costa Rican anaerobic paraplegic coffee it, well, it's the uh, only coffee for my ass check out this check you want, are you ready to have your mind blown oh guess what fortune fortune de saint germain yeah, guess what he does with his coffee in nobody you want to know what coffee. fortune does what is What's he do? fortune fortune does fortune look at my stuff no, he hasn't Damn responded it. to me yet. I have to wait for him to be on the phone with Jason and infiltrate like the grabbler I am, but fortune ah. believes that the best way to do a coffee enema is to put in some of your urine with the coffee into your oh. butt. How does that go for hardcore? Hey, the guy looks great from what I hear. He doesn't look like as old as he could be. And I just heard Crow say that he's not sure how old he actually is. But uh, Ben, I wanted to say real quick, uh, Crow, the first time he did it, or the first time he tried doing the coffee enemas, he used roasted coffee. And he said he had such a... There was a debate whether it was his liver or his gallbladder, but he had such a dump from toxins that he said he felt 16 afterwards. Maybe that was just the hose in his butt. Maybe it was because it actually you know flushed everything out. But that's what got me. I'm like, 
I could stand to, you know, feel 16 again. So I think I'm putting yeah. coffee in my butt. And by 16, you mean, you know, how what, what uh, teenagers go through when the teenage boy, I bet he felt full of life. And also I heard from another very, very popular content creator. I heard from a very popular content creator with, I didn't get permission to share this, but I, let me tell you something. I heard that tuning forks has helped with sexual performance. Oh, really? Yeah. So go out. If anybody has, you know, like, like, like what's the, not, not, not the frequency, the stamina, just bust out some tuning forks. Like during that ass. No, no, like, no, like as a, as a healing regimen, like all the time, do it a lot. Like a cowboy, you know, don't need my wife. I'm just like, ding, ding. Is this hot? Huh? No, just do the two while you're doing your pop enema, and then you'll have great sex. Just I made that up right now, but let's just see if it works. Um, hitting yourself with the tuning fork and loosen everything up, and then on top of that, you just turn into a splatter machine. I don't know, that sounds dangerous. If you put the tuning fork up your butt and then hit the tuning fork, then what would happen? You'd give yourself a four, three, two. Like, if I had colon cancer, I might even try try that. I just have to convince someone to help me. (laughs) (laughs) You might not even need to do that coffee enema at that point. All that frequency and vibration might just move it all out. She's like, hey, I know we just met and we're like two drinks in, but would you please use the tuning fork on my ass? (laughs) It's going to sound weird, but trust me. We would totally be down to do that. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, I I, I don't know if don't I think uh, don't think about it. So do you want me to give you? Do you want me to read this document from Amanda about the coffee enema? Or do you feel like we've covered this? Because I didn't expect to talk so much about poop and butts and enemas. We can move on back to the alchemy thing because I, okay. I feel like there's got more to say about alchemy, and that is yes. the title of the episode. But we are okay. squirrely do this all the time. Yeah, got anything more to say about alchemy or any like advice to the listeners or just any words of wisdom from Mister Balderson? <laughs> but as I was just saying before, uh, our, our everybody's favorite Rose showed up. We all love you, Rose. Um, yeah, this is so the oils, everybody's gotten real popular with the oils, but the oils just open up the pathways. You need that salt to, to finish the punch. So they're only taking half of what the plant has to offer. And then, and then of course, then all the, the medical, the doctors, oh, see, that doesn't work. Well, of course it doesn't work. You didn't do it right. So you have to put it through that full process like that and complete the stone of the plant. And then once you have that, you could take just a little bit of that and mix it with like some butter or uh, whatever, unsalted butter, because again, the salts need to be able to settle in. And you're using that as the carrier, things like that. And uh, you're going to find a lot more success trying to use plant healing at that point. Nice. So is there any commercially available products that would be actually anywhere near what you do in your lab? Or is it just all garbage? No, there's nothing commercially available like that I would, at I, all. I will concur with that. I really would. There, You could buy spagyrics, like even Amanda sells spagyrics, but there's nothing like an alchemist who is actually putting their own soul into it. But part of it is that you're, I, I mean, I don't even, I, I'm like weird. I don't know if I should use the word magic, but whatever your interpretation is, is of putting your intention into it. And Ben, correct me, but uh, 
when people ask me what's spagyrics, I basically say the cool thing about spagyrics that sets it apart from another kind of tincture or another kind of plant medicine, flower essence, is that it not only does it go through this whole procedure where you're breaking it apart and putting it together, but it includes all the different parts of the life cycle of the plant. So you have a piece of the seed yeah. and then the leaf and then the flower. So you're getting the entire life and the benefits of it. So we know that microgreens are really healthy, but we also know that grapes are really healthy. Those are two different things that you can't have at once. So imagine if you had the microgreen, the grape, the leaf, those are all things that are edible, right? But if you put that into a medicinal, alchemically made tincture, then whatever is good about that plant and whatever you might need from the plant, you're going to get. So let's say that like everyone's like, oh, grapes are good for you for this. And you have a grape, but it doesn't help you. Well, maybe it's because that wasn't the part of the grape during harvested during the time of the year that your body needed. Is that right, Ben? Yep. Yep. Different components, 100%. Okay, so I I properly memorized and regurgitated your material, and I get an A. <laughs> Rose is so smart. She should speak all the time. She speaks much better than me. You're not the smart one. I'm the memorizer regurgitator. I should I should lip sync you. You should, it should be your voice, and then I like you know move my mouth and then gesticulate like an Italian, and between the two you of us, all. <laughs> So Ben, do you sell your stuff or do you uh, provide it in, in any way? You said you'd bring me some of my some of your gut bombs sometimes. So do you have a, a store or anything else? Yeah, yeah. I got uh, it's uh, heathenwizards.com. and I've got some things on there. Uh, we've got uh, uh, pain salve that Christy makes. That's fantastic. Uh, I don't know if she's put the vapor rub on there yet. Like she, ha you have. Yeah, she's put oh. the Christy on the website. Did you start uh, adding DMSO to your your uh, comfort cream? Is that true, or is that a secret? Uh, we 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 do for people that uh, that we know. Um, because just, yeah, I get it. We didn't do it in general. I uh, because like myself, I don't use the DMSO. Because uh, you're tatted up. Because, what's that? Because you're tatted up, right? Well, that and. Up. That and I and I uh, I go out and touch toxins constantly, and that DMSO just makes that jump between the toxins and your body like happen super easy. So like, and, and what I what I did to really fuck myself up the when I first started trying the DMSO, did Rose disappear? Are you there, Rose? Oh, you're muted. Oh, she had to take a bong rip. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see. I see. You can do that playing. on screen. That's okay, what I just walked off. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I took and we were, were going to try that, and we put it in there, and and without a doubt. So my my initial assessment of it was, it makes it work much faster, and seems to work a little better even. Um, the itch sucks. That, but it starts working basically as soon as that itch stops. That itch is like two or three minutes long. And as soon as that, that's done, the pain's gone. You're like, wow. Yeah. Um, the, so fast. And one of the odd things is then also it makes that it makes it soak into your skin really fast. So like a lot of times, you know, like Christy, when she's putting it on my back, would basically use it also as a massage oil. She was a massage therapist and that's what she originally uh, uh, 
developed it for. But it doesn't really work as a massage oil with the DMSO because it soaks into your skin so fast that you it, it you can't sit there and rub on it. It's just gone, you know, the, the, the lotion factor. Uh, but it makes it work much faster. So we were really ha happy with it. And Christy still almost always uses the DMSO. But then me, I go out and as soon as I and as soon as I get up, I go out and I go out and either trounce through the woods or go work on a fucking uh, go work on a, a vehicle or go work in the lab or go clean something. And there's like 83 different toxins that I touch throughout the day, including poison oak, which was the one that got me. So I tried the DMFO. And then I'm like, I feel so great afterwards. I'm like, I'm going to go out and work in the woods. And then I go out there all DMSO'd up and start clearing out forest. And because the property that I bought was just totally overrun. And uh, so I was doing forest management and there's poison oak everywhere in there. And that poison oak just went soaked right in through that DMSO. And I got poison oak worse than I've ever had it in my life. Like I had oh poison God, oak in my fucking goop. Like my yes. gooch itched. Yeah, the DMSO thing, because I remember that from a Crow episode a while ago, but uh, refresh mine and the listener's memory on what the fuck that is. Okay, is that so, do you want to go, go or it, can right? I do it? Okay, so DMSO is a byproduct of the paper industry. It comes from trees, and what it does for the tree, the reason why it exists in the tree is it helps the tree to stay upright. How is DMSO used in mainstream medicine? Well, the only way that they use it in mainstream medicine is to transport organs for donations and transplantations. Because the thing about DMSO is that it can help freeze a cell without exploding it. And the, Amanda Vollmer and many others discovered that it's a miracle drug where pretty much the only side effect other than itching on your skin is that you get this weird, gross oyster breath. So that's like God's joke on us. Ooh. But um, so it's very occulted, the power of DMSO. It really works. I met someone here and Owen Benjamin Bear was at my house and we put him on the Aquacure and he told us about that Ben's DMSO cream uh, really helped his pain. Uh, the regular cream Jason and I use all the time. And so this is the, so I, I'm, I'm telling you guys, this is, I, I, I cross my heart, swear to God. Um, I, in my entire adult life, like, you know how you go through puberty and you get pimples and then you grow out of it. Well, I never, I feel like I never grew out of it and I would get hormonal acne and using a wheelchair. And this is why I was afraid to start using DMSO too. My hands are always dirty. Like you wash your hands and the second you roll over somewhere like to the bed, I can't then grab the DMSO magnesium or the DMSO this. Like I would have to be like, Jason, hand me a washcloth to the bed, <laughs> you know, or if I, if I want to put it on my thighs, well, then I can't put my laptop on my lap. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn it. So you have to really be careful with the DMSO because it is, I almost want to say it's like the representation of the God Mercury because it's such a transporter. 100%. It pulls it and it, and it brings 100%. it through. So that's like the alchemical connotation. So I finally, for the first time in my entire life, went through two menstruations without a, a pimple. Now I got a bug bite afterwards. So it's like, ah, I'm so annoyed because I finally found victory. But this is how I did it. I got this like honey manuka exfoliating 
uh, face wash that they say you shouldn't use every day because it will like dry out your skin. And I've been believing that was true my whole life. And I scrub the shit out of my face. Like I want to like take off the whole top layer. Then I do the tip of canoe herb face mask, clay face mask, which is like benzonite clay. And uh, there's a lavender tulsi, a matcha moringa and a kelp coriander. And I, um, a switch back and forth through that every day. Then what I do after that is I put straight DMSO on whatever is there. And then I just try to hold out until I want to scream like the guy from home alone. Right. And then I, to make myself feel better, I put Amanda Fulmer's facelift in a jar, which has DMSO on it, but also aloe gel and jojoba oil and all of the good things. And I put it on with this jade roller and I swear I've never put forth this kind of effort on my skin. So I don't know if it's a placebo because of the energy I'm putting into it, but first time in my life. And it's, I know it's because of the combination of the DMSO and the um, benzonite clay in the face back, which, which is also the same ingredient she has in her toothpaste, the benzonite clay, which I highly recommend. Interesting. Sounds like. Does that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> It soaks in things real well. Yeah. It, it pulls things. And then the, the DMSO at that point is letting the toxins come back out. Because, yeah, D that calling it mercury was perfect. That's the weird thing about DMSO. It like it, it, It's like a super solvent. So the talk we were having at the beginning were that uh, the solvency of things, uh, the DMSO is really solvent for things with a human. And so whatever it is, depending on whether it's a medicine like uh, Rose is talking about or like my poison oak experience, it lets that transfer through and get into your body super easy, like way better than it normally would have. It, it's uh, extremely mercury. Uh, fantastic stuff. I don't personally use it because I'm not, uh, you know, if you have a life where you can uh, where you're not exposed to things and you can keep yourself, uh, as Rose just explained, where she has like different procedures she goes through and whatnot. But I I'm not like that. Uh, my life's not like that. And so if I'm going to use it, I have to really be aware that of, that I've done that. And now I've got to spend the rest of the day not coming into contact with things I, I don't want inside me. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. Well, dude. Thanks so much for coming on. We're I'm I was telling Rose earlier I have kids and a a job and shit, so we can't go for hours like baby truthers do apparently. But uh, we appreciate you guys coming on so much. Thanks for making it, Rose. We appreciate it. So good to see you. Uh, good to see you, Ben. Next time you're in town, call me and swing by again, and maybe yeah, I'll actually you. try one of your uh, what we call diamonds. I was uh, already <laughs> drinking when you came over, so I'm like, no, that's not it's not for me tonight. But uh, I would love to try it at some point. <laughs> Curl up in the fetal position in the kitchen and cry for mommy afterwards. And yeah, my daughter came home and she was like, Who's the guy with the blowtorch? The blowtorch. <laughs> I was like, uh, it's fine, honey. Well, you guys got anything else you want to plug before you go? I'm looking at your website right now, dude. The Heathen Wizards. Uh, I might be ordering nice. some shit yeah. from you. Or you I can just send them. it to me. I'm not gonna complain. Yeah. Thank well, Christy you guys might be having Christy might be having to come to town if uh, that tooth doesn't fix itself. I don't hold any confidence that uh, there's going to be any kind of a decent dental work on this side of the mountain. She's probably going to have to go over to Reading to if this tooth doesn't settle down on her. It's uh, yeah. like I said, that 
she woke up this morning. So if it's like that still tomorrow, it don't settle down. She's probably going to have to head that way. You can actually order the DMSO with added nutrients for that. Hold on. I actually have it right here. Let me just show it to you really quick for everyone who might have a toothache right now. Right here. Hold on. Like All right. It's right here. It's okay. She's here. We'll just play some interlude music. Okay, okay, okay. okay. This helps Rose me because I thought that every time that you had a toothache, it meant you have a permanent cavity, cavity and there's no other choice. And I was wrong. Um, and so the, I had it. So this is what it is. DMSO with added nutrients and the ingredients are 99.999 pure pharma grade DMSO, 20% aloe vera, 2% ascorbate, 3% MSM, 1% B complex, 1% iodine and 2% magnesium. It tastes like we have all that. shit. And you just go out and you go and it feels I'm better afterwards even though it tastes so bad. I want to spit it out right you now. Said, would you send me that can you send me that list, Rose? Yep, yep, of course I will. Of course Thank I will. You, Rose. Thank You're you, Rose. Welcome. We love you. I love you. What's the link to buy all of that at Amanda Volmer? Does she have a website? Yes, so for uh, her yummy non- mommy. Yummy mommy. Yummy mommy. This is you get for having us together. Canada was so mean to her that she had to basically like flee business wise. And she's like under a PMA operating out of Belize where I like the rich people, you know, get out of taxes and stuff, you know, Belize. So she, so that for the DMSO products, DMSO dot store, make sure it's dot store, not DMSO store.com because then there's another imposter. So DMSO dot stores for like the facelift in a jar and the peace cream and the tooth stuff. But for her non-DMSO products, it's yumnaturals.store. And I'll write it in the private chat for you right now. Yeah, please do. Thank you so much. All right. So I got that one. Let's see. We'll show that. Perfect. So dmsostore.com. It's D- not that. It's dmso.store. Right. The way I have it written. Okay. Yeah. And then. No.com. For the listening people, though. Right. dmso.store, you fucks. <laughs> Type it in. Well, I guess if you're watching the video, you can see it. But anyway, I'm going to hide it now. And then the other one was what? Yum store or some shit? Yumnaturals.store. And, and, and Canada wouldn't let her sell to Canadians. It's just crazy how, how, how what a what hard time they've given her. Well, that's what I was saying is they kept shutting her down. They, they, they took away her wow. website during the COVID hoax. And so yes. she had to create a brand new website and transfer everything over. Hey, you're finding loopholes. Good for you. All right. Well, we'll put both of those links in the uh, show notes, along with your guys' Rockfin and all and uh, Heathen Wizards and all that stuff. But thank you so much, you guys. We're going to close this one down, call it a night. And uh, Ben, hit me up. Even if it's unfortunate. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rose. Absolutely. You're welcome. It's so nice to talk to you guys. Bye.